can say it with confidence that we are part of that. Um, and we are looking today, at, we, I believe, in the communion of the saints. And we're going to unpick it a little bit from the sort of Christianese words and, uh, yeah, explore that. So before we do that, we are going to read the Apostles' Creed together. If reading isn't your thing, this is something I've been really aware of the last few weeks, not a great reader, I have printed out some copies of the Apostles' Creed. So if you want to take a copy home with you, Louise, uh, with the hosting team badge over there, has some copies. Um, and you can just go away and digest that in your own time or ask for help reading it as well. There's also a really awesome song that um, song can help you remember things um, that goes through it too. So we can always share that. Come and ask me if you want it because... Um, yeah, we're not exclusive just to being academic, right, and reading it. We know that everybody has different stages where they're at. So, do you want to stand with me? I hate reading personally, which is probably why I printed it out. And um, we're just going to read it together. Um, Dad's got a really good, excellent reading voice, so he's going to lead us in this rather than me. Okay, let's declare together, shall we? I believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Awesome. So, yeah, like I say, today we're focusing on the bit that says, uh, I believe in the communion of the saints. And um, so a couple of years ago, I handed the youth work over to Sam. He's doing an awesome job. And my role changed, so I still work for the church. And over the years since that's happened, people get, go, Debbie, what are you passionate about? What do you want to be doing? Like, I get that question quite a lot, and I've had to ask myself that question a lot. But it's actually super easy for me. There's no, I don't have a specific ministry which I sort of want to get totally involved in, but I love the church. The communion of the saints is where we meet together, we grow together, we do life together. And it's just, it's just, it grabs my heart. So when I got this topic for this morning, I can't be more pleased to tell you about the wonder of being part of God's community and the church that, and the, the way that can just, it'll, it'll change your life. If you're not a part of a church, you don't know Jesus, I can just recommend it entirely to you because it is wonderful. Amen. So, yeah, so it's absolutely my privilege to tell you about the glory of God's church and how that can influence and change your life. Um, and so just a few examples. The map is upside down. Knowing Jesus, Jesus, knowing Jesus, it's all about participation this morning. Knowing Jesus turns the world upside down. It turns the world upside down. It, the... Because you look at this and you saw that it was wrong, right? There's, not, there's something different about that that shouldn't be that way. And when we live and we're part of the communion of the saints and we know Jesus, when people look at you, there's something different about you. That's not the way the rest of the world does it. I want to know more. 
And that is just, you know, we look at that, that's still the world, isn't it? It's still the world, it's still entirely functioning. It's just flipped upside down. And I've traveled a lot of the world. I've had a, uh, yeah, I've been really blessed in that way. I've got to meet with people in the States and experience their hospitality in church. And they're just their wonderful, wonderful generosity in being able to invite people to their homes. I've spent time with Christians in Canada when they church planted and just their heart to see the lost reached. Beautiful thing. I got to spend some time in Zimbabwe working with the church as a teenager and just their heart to connect with the teenagers in their town and know that they want to let the name of Jesus be the banner over their lives. I've had the privilege of going to Australia and seeing people come to faith during a meeting because they heard the gospel and go, this Jesus that you talk about, I'd like to know him more. I've had the privilege of being in New Zealand where a church had been running for 50 years, but they, God had spoken to them and he said, it's time for you to close, but we'd like you to join this church. You know what? God's always on the move. He always has plans. The church isn't redundant. He's still working. I've had the privilege of going to church in Thailand when I was on holiday. I love going to different churches in different parts of the world because you just see different flavors of culture, community, and it just reflects the heart of God and just being with them in worship. I've had the privilege of going to Romania and truly witnessing as a probably 16-year-old at the time of what it is to give out of something that you don't necessarily have within their hospitality. They fed us when they couldn't really feed themselves and the honor that they showed, the generosity of what they did and the reflection of God's heart because they go, we are saints in Christ and I will bless you because God has blessed me. So knowing Jesus flips your world upside down. When we come to faith, we come to know Jesus. It's not a consumer. We're not consumer faith. We're not fast food. It's not, a, you take a little bit, you go do your own thing. But we're going to explore that a little bit more. So yes, Jesus calls us to turn the world upside down. He demonstrated to us. And as Christians, we follow what Jesus does. We, we read the Bible. We want to learn how he did it and allow the Holy Spirit to help transform us to be more like him. And he came not to be, uh, he came not to serve. No, he came, <laughs> that's entirely wrong, isn't it? <laughs> clip that out on YouTube and yeah, that'd be bad. Um, but he came to serve, not to be served, right? The story where he washes the disciples' feet is just amazing. So not to consume a Christianity, but demonstrating a father's generosity. Are we just consuming? Are we watching all the things, getting a great podcast? Are we watching the YouTube sermons? Are we coming on a Sunday morning? But actually we're not reflecting Jesus's heart in going, you're not here just to be served, you're here to serve, right? Serve one another, serve the church, serve the saints. We're not called to a fast faith fashion. Fa not, oh, I can't get my words right today. Not a fast fashion faith. If you know what the current culture is, fast fashion is, uh, it'll be pop up on your phone one minute and it'll be another thing the next minute and you throw away what you've just had. We're not called to that. We're called to faithful care of one another and being authentic. 
I was all snotty and in floods of tears on Wednesday night during our worship evening. Not because there was anything super going on, but just because, oh, it was just wonderful to worship God and go, oh, Jesus, how do I connect to you once again? And I had a friend come up to me and say, Debbie, can I pray for you? Absolutely. That is faithful care of one anothering and loving and just building each other up in Christ. Um, so, yes, so not fast faith. Oh, not fast fashion faith, but to faithful care and authenticity. And just a side note, if you, so I've come off social media personally, because I can't stand it. I've discovered, actually, it feeds in me something that's a little bit obsessive and um, a little judgment sort of way of thinking. And it, it actually doesn't feed me in a very helpful way. So I came off it. And I'll just encourage you, if you are on it, Continually ask the question, how can I create an upside-down world following Jesus on social media? Because it's going to be testing. It's a challenging place to put yourself out there to be judged and to that sort of thing. So just a side thought. If you're on social media, how are you creating the upside-down world of Jesus? Um, for yourself, for the saints that are also on it, and to, as a demonstration of God's kingdom to other people. Um, we're just going to read the verse that Sam uh, shared last week because it just really grounds us in what we're talking about. 1 Peter 2, 9, and it's going to come up on the screen, so don't worry about it. And just a reminder of who we are because it is in who we are, our identity in Christ, that allows us to really connect as a community of saints. So it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into marvellous light. You've been called out of darkness into marvellous light. You don't have to choose to stay in darkness. You can come out. He's brought you out and into marvellous light. And on that, the next step on, so what Sam spoke about, we now know that we're part of this global for all time since the beginning of time, church. And uh, the next step is John 13, 34 to 35, where Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And then you could put a full stop there, couldn't you? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you. Full stop there, that would work too. You are also... Uh, are to love one another. By this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Again, we're not into fast fashion faith. We're not into consumer faith where we pick and choose who we love uh, as and when we want to love. Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So let's unpick the word communion a little bit. I believe in the communion of the saints. So communion, it might be, you might reference back to like bread and wine. That might be your reference of what communion might be about. Um, some people might think of communal living, sort of in that sort of scenario. Um, it might be, for me, which it feels like an old school word is the word fellowship. Um, but really, it's the sharing and exchanging 
and thoughts of feelings that are deep and the result in actions and behavior that in our Christian setting follow Jesus. As a community of believers, living and those who have died and those yet to live in the future around the world, gathering in worship, in unity, in faith in Jesus. It's a wonderful thing. So this last couple of years has been really hard for all of us in different ways. Um, and I'm going to get a bit tearful. <laughs> oh dear, I'm not sure I'm going to do it. <laughs> but, uh, oh mate, come on. Give me some encouragement. Come on. There we go. <laughs> Oh, I've known 10 wonderful people that have died. Yes. And I have no shame in shedding tears up here for the wonder of the lives they lived. Like, it's not a trouble to stand here and be like, oh, I love them. Jesus loved them, and they loved him, and it was just a wonder to know them. <sighs> the communion of the saints is a relationship with one another that is connected in Christ, that goes deep. I mean, it's a, it's a joy to know they're with him now, right? But there's a sadness when you're left behind. I can tell you about one lady... Um, as a teenager, as a young woman, every Sunday she'd come up to me when I was there. I'm usually busy, which doesn't allow me much time to chat to people. And she'd give me a big hug and go, Debbie, you're a daughter of the king. And she'd go off and do her thing. But consistently and faithfully, she loved me from a teenager to a young adult into my early 30s. And... Uh, there's another woman that gave me money to go on mission. She said, Debbie, God's got big plans for your life. Pursue him, and he will pursue you. And he gave me money. She made, gave me the money to go. She had the generosity of loving me. I'm like, wow, me? You give me money? There's a couple in the church as well that I've known for many, many years. I'm very privileged. I'm really aware of this. I know so many people for a very long period of time, and they've been really faithful to me. So I'm very grateful for that. And they have loved me and fed into my life. And it's just the communion of the saints is an absolute wonder. When we get it right, and we don't always do that. We don't get along with everybody. Not everybody has the same disposition as us. But faithful, loving care between one another connected in Christ will transform your life. And you will transform other people's lives through them knowing you. You will never know. The lady I was talking about earlier that gave me a big hug was Ed, uh, Jill Richards. And she won't know. She, she won't realize. But she leaves us a legacy. There's so many, like you're part of a story that goes way back. The legacy that people have left because of the communion of the saints being connected in Christ and that deep faith and pursuing him and encouraging other people to pursue him. So we gather, we worship, we cry, Lord Jesus, keep us unified in faith, which is why we're doing this. 
We want to be united in what we believe and what we share. And the next thought is, well, what's a saint then? I'm no saint. <laughs> I'm no saint, literally. But Jesus has made me a saint. Amen. When we think of saints, we might think of like the school names that we have. The wonderful schools in Ashburn and across the nation. St. Mary, St. this and that. We might think of uh, the Roman Catholic Church and how they talk about saints in terms of people that have died or very special people that have seen miracles in their lifetime. But the wonderful thing is, again, knowing Jesus, when you give your life to him, you, there's that sense of repenting for stuff we've done wrong, the sin that we do. And that all started with Adam and Eve, right? And we're sort of living the consequences of that, but we can make the choice to say, forgive me, Father. And then through what Jesus has done, being raised from the dead, because he has authority over all things, we can then, he goes, you are now my daughter, you are now a saint as part of the kingdom. So a saint is a holy one. He has made you holy. You are no longer sort of filthy rags. That's often a description used. You're no longer tainted by your past or the sin that you're carrying. You are now a holy one, set apart for God's purposes. Um, every follower of Jesus is a saint because of what Jesus has done for us. And Paul writes about it as well as being uh, recipients of saints. And it's a real pleasure to be doing this today when the baptisms are happening as well. Because they're making a choice at this point of going, I'm going to die to my old self, the world right way up. <laughs> And I'm going to choose Jesus and flip the whole thing on his head and say, Jesus, I am yours. And part of being baptized is just part of being in obedience to him. Jesus says, believe and be baptized. And um, just, yeah, big honor to those guys when they come out and Hannah for making that choice because, you know, it's just a wonderful thing. Jesus did it and we follow Jesus. So we do it too. Right. So all this leads to action. I've told you about some of the actions that I've experienced of other people and how they've loved me really well and how I've received that. Um, and we're just going to talk about how we can do that too. So we're just going to read Acts 4, 32 to 35 of an illustration of uh, an action of showing love and care. Now the full member of those who believed were of one heart and soul and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him uh, was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and bought the proceeds of what uh, was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as they had need. So when it comes to loving one another, it's not just a hug on a Sunday morning. It's not just words. It's, it's the authentic side, isn't it? It's the follow through. And um, I'm learning this. I'm not the best at friendship. And I'm not, uh, when I was younger, I was a real introvert and just really shy. So I'm learning what it is to be authentic in relationship, in loving beyond seeing someone, loving, sending that text message, giving someone a call, um, giving financially, getting someone a gift, um, spotting the need before it arises. Um, there's many, many ways 
that we, you, I, can demonstrate the love of Christ. And it starts with generosity. Again, it's not being a consumer, it's being the giver. And we do that because God is generous to us. It is a response of our heart because we have received so much from him that we can give it away in abundance. And that's where the Holy Spirit can come in and prompt us and guide us and empower us and equip us. But that is our response. What is the response in your heart? It's not about being an introvert or extrovert. It's not about being confident or unconfident. It's not about where you're at mentally at the moment. It's just about responding to the Father heart and it being an outwork. So that when people see us, they go, something's different. The generosity of God is over their life. So what does that look like for you? As a church, working for the church, it's a real privilege to be able to see the generosity financially. Like, give a gift, man, that blew our expectations. And it was hard work because we'd set a goal and that goal increased, increased, increased. But gosh, did it stretch us in a way of sharing generosity. I've seen in youth work, people just come up to me privately and say, I'd like to sponsor a space for someone, please. I've seen people just give donations of equipment and this and that. So I'm in a real privileged position where actually we, guys, we have a really generous church. We have a really generous church and we want to honour you for that and say thank you for that. We wouldn't be where we are without you guys sharing the generosity. But how can we do that personally as well? What does that look like in your workplace? What does that look like during the week as a church? Praying for somebody in church that you know? don't know, make a little list. What does it look like for you? So we're almost done. We've talked about how that might work. I tell you what, you might be new here today and I imagine there's a fair amount of people that haven't been here before because of what we're doing. So if you'd like to just know more about who we are and what we're like as a church and we would like to demonstrate God's generosity to you, get along to a welcome lunch. They'll be starting next Sunday and we would like to provide you with food and good company as you find out more about us. Get involved in a group. Get involved in the social events the cafe's doing. We would like to bless you with good company. Because I tell you, there's some, we're a fantastic group of people. And um, we just want to love you as a church. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes it doesn't go quite right. But um, just to say that the team here are for you. I feel like you need to hear that. The team here are for you. And the last couple of years, the team have picked up a lot of the work because we wanted to protect people in terms of coming into the building and isolating and all that sort of thing. But we want to make sure that you know that this space is for you and there's opportunities for you. I was chatting with a few people this week. Again, a privilege of being in the cafe and just going, well, how do I get involved in dot, dot, dot? It's like, just ask. <laughs> we don't know everybody and unless you put yourself forwards, we don't always know what you'd like to do. And we're a communion of the saints. We're connected together in Christ to serve him, to serve the community, to serve the people that you love and that we don't know for his glory. So I'm going to finish it there and uh, look forward to the baptisms. I'll be on the front row.